Hello, everyone. This is the first ever episode of Tulsa Lately, a locally based podcast to take you behind the scenes of our lovely little corner of the southern Midwest, U.S. of A. I'm your host, Mike, and I've been here since I was but a wee lad, nearly 20 years ago. I've watched Tulsa and the surrounding areas expand at a rapid pace. It almost seems like it just grows naturally, but that's not true. Behind every improvement, business, or project are people that are passionate about their community and doing what they love. What I want to do is tell you their stories, highlight those that make our city great, and open up the conversation to how we can be even greater. So, without further ado, let's kick this off with a chat I had with two awesome local business owners that have combined their love of music and books with a drive to serve their community. I hope you enjoy. Alright, so I'm... uh I'm here with the owners of Bound for Glory Books. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves. I'm Chris Rose, co-owner of Bound for Glory Books. And I am David Dean, co-owner of Bound for Glory Books. All right. So uh, just kind of start off, how many years have you been in business? How long have you been in business with this store? It'll be two years in December. Two years in December. All right. All right. So was it a shared dream between you two, or was one of you a little more passionate about it and following the other? Or It was not a shared dream. Not whatsoever. <laughs> I, I am a natural editor. Okay. Could never be an author because I don't think anything should exist in the first place. Chris's <laughs> lifelong dream has been to own a bookstore. And so she, uh, she created this one and with just sort of assistance. And I ended up being the assistant that stayed the longest. Well, so. it actually, it started at the Phoenix Cafe. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, because uh, when Blake... Um, Ewing opened that place. It was a coffee shop bookstore. But then when I was so excited about it, I went in and my hopes were sky high. And then I went into the book section and I was like, oh no, this is garbage. Just like (laughs) these books are awful. Like this is just the worst. Like 16 copies of the same Janet Ivanovich hardback followed by 16 copies of the same Clive Cussler hardback the books were not even like the hardbacks were one thing but they had the mass market paperbacks like the the romance novels and not even the good porny ones <laughs> like the just terrible like the classic bare-chested flowing yeah thing, and, flowing and guy. Just, <laughs> the spines just cracked in a million so, places not a place for serious readers the books were literal window dressing yeah so Chris sent a very polite letter and like business proposal 10 pages long to Ewing saying this place is so terrible but I can make it amazing and then one year later uh, I get an email from Blake Ewing a year later a year later oh. and at first I was like oh it's maybe junk mail and then I opened it and he was like, yeah, I got your proposal. If you're still interested, let's talk. And what year was this exactly? This was 2014. Okay. okay. So I came in and we hit it off and he loved all of my ideas. And um, we just clicked and he hired me on the spot. And we opened, we reopened the bookstore, which we called The Bookend, mm-hmm. um, in October of 2014. So this is actually my fourth year of being in the book business. Oh, all right. And then, unfortunately, when the Phoenix closed down last year, 
Um, that was I kind of opened this place because we heard rumblings of the Phoenix going under. Okay. So, um, you know, my then partner, Dan Reif, and I um, were offered this place um, by Sean, who owns Mammoth Comics. Oh, the place next door. He okay. had rented it out with the idea of turning it into a pop culture, vintage market kind of deal with booths that people could rent out. And it just never happened because um, he was so busy with the, the comic book store. So um, he offered us this space until his lease ran out. And then a few months later, we were like, well, let's just keep it going. Um, Dan left to do his own thing in April. So that's when Dave really stepped in as like a full-time partner. Prior to that, my job had been if something heavy needed to be moved, that was my part of the bookstore. <laughs> but now I'm in, you know, 50 Which is a valuable... The heavy things very, have to be moved. They have to be moved. <laughs> well, and, and working the counter, and, you know, sure. I have uh, myriad health problems. So whenever I was, like, down in the dumps and couldn't come in, he would, you know, swoop in my uh, and, you know be like i'll take care of it sure. plus it was an angelic thing that sean from mammoth comics did giving us the space so he had certainly thousands definitely hundreds of thousands possibly millions of comics here <laughs> that were completely random so i when i had spare time i would come in and uh and inventory those oh which was like okay. a herculean undertaking it was yeah. <laughs> a way initially of, of paying him back because it's really a good thing he did. If it hadn't been for Sean's generosity, there would be no Bound for Glory. Yeah. Well, shout he, out to Sean. Yeah, All he right. gave us a, a deep discount when we first rented the space. Oh, okay. He's a good person. Yeah, so he cool. gave us time to establish ourselves so we could pay the rent and, and bills, but he did it at a gradual pace so it didn't just overwhelm us. All right. All right. So, um... I mean, you all don't just sell books, right? You don't. Right. What all? What all, what all do you sell here? Uh, you know, it's mostly books, but we also have records. Records. Uh, movies. Don't movies. forget movies. We right. have VHS, which I initially was like, oh, we'll have video rental. Because everybody's sentimental for videos. Right. So natural, everyone will want to play a dollar every once in a while to rent a movie, we thought. Yeah, no. Absolutely that, not the case. No. No one is that sentimental. Okay. Except for, you know, a few people rented a few DVDs, and the last person you rented DVDs to decided they're just going to keep them. So, uh, but uh. amazingly enough, <laughs> most people brought them back. They were the only uh, scumbags who were like, these are ours now. So hopefully they're enjoying their caseless DVD copy of Curly Sue or whatever they got. Yeah, whatever the is hell. That, that is now theirs, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Put that. rights being what they are. Yeah. Put that on their credit report. Um. <laughs> and then we just have some odds and ends. Um, you know, occasionally some T-shirts, some musical instruments, some art, some posters. Primarily books, vinyl, and movies. And cool. we, we do get a surprising number of people coming in buying movies, even though you mm -hmm. know it's possible to stream everything. If you a lot of VHS. Services. Because if you stream stuff, hmm. then you're letting some company dictate what movies you do and don't watch. That's if you true. own them, then you are, you are the, the controller of it. All right. So All we, right. we get movie, book, and vinyl connoisseurs come in. It's, we don't stock just anything. And so not just anybody comes in, you know, it's, it's uh, people that really care Collectors. about those things and yeah. want, the, want the good stuff. So, you know, it's funny you say you don't just talk anything. That was actually leading into my next question. I was going to ask kind of because, you know, I mean, being as how you're not 
you don't have as much space as say a three-story Barnes and oh, Nobles yeah. and everything. How what what is your selection process for how you choose what you sell here? Um, mostly what I choose is stuff that I would be interested in okay. or curious about. If I think it's cool, then I'm like then someone's gonna think it's cool. Not, yeah, I assume <laughs> that someone else might also be interested. Um, I spent a lot of time studying. Uh, fiction writers and and ones that people haven't necessarily heard of. Um, I got a lot of books on authors and went through and researched. You know, what are what are the weirdest authors that people don't necessarily know about? Okay. <laughs> and so when I go to book sales or um, you know thrift stores, um, so that's where you get a lot of your. Yeah, so, okay. or people bring stuff in to sell to me, but I try to gather together the best selection of weird fiction. And Chris has an incredibly eclectic taste in fiction and in nonfiction, too. So it's not the sort of thing where somebody, you know, they really like Kafka or John Updike, and so everything is related to just that author. Okay. Chris is very eclectic and open-minded, so okay. there's, there's a lot of great stuff in the store. Wide variety. All right, cool, cool. I mean, what else can you ask for? Um, so, uh, in the age of people getting a lot of their stuff online and, you know, and the fact that, I mean, do we even have a Borders or Barnes and Noble here anymore still? There is a Barnes. Okay. Well, Barnes and Nobles is in one books a million. Okay. All right. But you know, at the same time that, uh, a lot of them have closed down and everything. So in this age where, you know, that's, it's not as big of a thing to go buy. What, what makes you guys unique? here what is the experience that your customers can get when they come here do you know what's a good thing about brick and mortar bookstores versus you know you can find anything online it's absolutely true you can always find what you're looking for right but what you can't find is what you're not looking for okay the beauty of a book brick and mortar store is on your way to look for the thing that you already know about you pass a thousand things that you don't already know about and that's where the serendipity comes in that's the beauty of a, a brick-and-mortar bookstore is that you see something and you say wow I never thought about that before and that way you get out of this kind of echo chamber you know it's not tailored to you right. like everything online and everything right. you know all the algorithms are telling you exactly what you already like so, and what's right. okay all it's right a, it's a commonplace that one of the real crimes of the digital age is that people get caught in echo chambers because they have uh, algorithms like you said reflecting back to them what they already think and what they already know okay the beauty of a bookstore is that you can find things that you don't already think about and that you don't already know and then everyone that works here and uh, more than half of us are volunteers uh, also knows and cares about books a lot so typically a person will come in and say do you have this book by Haruki Murakami and we'll say we don't have it in stock right now but if you like Haruki Murakami so much have you heard of Kobo Abe have you heard of Banana Yashimoto and so forth and so on okay. so you come in here and there's an actual human being that loves books and can say based on what you like what other things you might like. Okay. We even have a, a program where you can pay $20 a month and we give you a questionnaire, ask what you like, and then we make a goodie bag, a $20 goodie bag, worth much more than $20. Wow. Uh, key to your specific taste. That is, that is really cool. So let's say the That's example really cool. before, you come in and you like a lot of Japanese modern literature, then we, you know, the, the staff, we put together things that are 
related directly or tangentially to the modern Japanese literature that you like make you a goodie bag of brand new things that you'd never know about. Well, really, Dave and I put it together. Sure. Sure. And it includes um, books, uh, and then we'll throw in either zines or comics, um, stickers, and then sometimes sometimes a a seven-inch or cassette tape or a CD if it if it applies and then um i also have like a box full of just random weird cool stuff that i'll just throw in a couple things you know little toys goodies tarot cards trinkets yeah just you know cool stuff if it if it applies to what the person is interested in this is something you cannot get at barnes and noble you cannot get it at books a million and you sure as hell cannot get it online all right all right sold so um Dave, you are a teacher. Where do you teach? I am a school teacher. I teach at Tulsa Met Junior High School. It okay. is an alternative school near the corner of Pine and Sheridan. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of interesting because you two, you basically, you've got, you've got one foot in the public sector teaching kids, and you've got another foot in the private sector, you know, uh, working with the community and everything. So what are some, I mean, what are some issues that, you know, your unique position lets you see what are some things that you know, maybe you like about Tulsa that you see firsthand and some other things that maybe you'd like to see change. I love Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is my favorite place that I have ever lived. It may not be a perfect place, but I love it here. I love the space. The people to talk to on an individual basis about something other than politics are wonderful friends. <laughs> okay? I, I love it here. Um, the commonality between those two jobs, the public sector job and the private sector job, is the DIY punk culture that Chris and I both grew up in. Okay. In this culture, as soon as you get a resource that you have, you immediately find a way to share it with the community. And that's affected uh, my teaching, definitely. The reason I do it is certainly not to get rich, but because the good fortune that I've had to, to you know, have a, a decent education, to be curious about things, to know someone like Chris who is so brilliant and well-read and thoughtful, is uh, uh, that's an opportunity for me to pass that on to uh, kids, especially alternative school kids, who might not have those resources otherwise. Awesome. That's, that's why I do it. That school reminds me of the school that I go to. By the same token, since our bookstore is successful in bookstore terms, right? We're, we've been <laughs> nearly two years. We got the bills paid. Um, Mostly. We, we are always looking for a way to make our bookstore uh, a resource for the community. That's why we have free music concerts here. That's why we have free, uh, a free tutoring program here. That's why we have free story hours here on Saturdays sometimes, because we really want to find a way to make the good things that have happened to us be good things for everybody that lives in the community. Plus, I mean, it's just an extension of, um, you know, Dave and I both had long-term houses where we had house shows. As part um, of the punk community. As part of the punk community. And, you know, just always being the hostess or the host for the community, that is a hard habit to break, you know. (laughs) But we're in our 40s now, so we don't want a bunch of 16-year-olds getting drunk in our house anymore what we have evolved into is, you know, maybe a little more of a, an adult version of that. Even though we still love having 16-year-old punk kids come to our store, we just, you know, it's not the same debaucherous atmosphere. It's like, hey, take a book with you. Don't get drunk, you know. Sure, read, read a book once in a while, kids. It's, okay. a, it's what they call a third space. You know, it's not home. It's not work. 
really. I mean, it's kind of a business. It's more like an expensive hobby. <laughs> it's the best thing I've heard said about it is we had a volunteer called Eli who said he came in and was working for us for free. A lot of people choose to do that because oh, they love the bookstore. I said, you know, Eli, it's great. We appreciate you. But do you mind if I ask, why are you doing such a wonderful thing? And Eli said, it's because Bound for Glory Books creates a safe place for weirdos. And I just wanted to, you know, paint that over the top of the door. That's what we aspire to. Well, we actually right. do have it over the top of the sure, door. Sure, sure. That's, that's what we needed when we were uh, young in places, you know, Chris grew up in Bixby. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. Places in middle America. Just hell holes. <laughs> if you're if you're not a redneck who's into rodeo and Toby Keith, then yeah, they were hell holes because you know, or at least Bixby, his was a whole different. Little, little Rock, Southwest culture. Little Rock is a whole different. Yeah, but the I other mean, end of the hell hole spectrum. If you're if you're a little bit weird or you like something a little bit different than the norm, then yeah, it was a very hard place to grow up. I did. We didn't have the internet now that i mean we had i was a early computer geek so i had like a commodore you know 64 sure, sure. and was <laughs> and chatting on q link when i was 13 but we don't we didn't have the access to everything that the we internet have now. is important because it, it creates community in a sense right. but it also in a sense it can create the illusion of community Mm -hmm. Whereas having an actual brick-and-mortar place where people have the right to come and everyone is welcome and everyone is encouraged, this can create actual community, you know? There is just a Great. thing that happens when people uh, talk personally and look into each other's eyes and sometimes exchange a couple bucks for a couple books that, you know, you get that little <laughs> squirt of oxytocin into your bloodstream, <laughs> that human interaction. And yeah. that can't happen online. No, definitely not, you know, and it's... I think people miss that. They need a space for that. And not just a, a fucking bar either, where you go and it's so loud, you gotta scream over the music to talk to each other. Bars are places that are impossible to be unless you're drunk. That's yeah. the secret. It's beautiful marketing, right? It's yeah. noisy and everyone's stupid, and you're like, I absolutely need to impair my brain. If you brain. didn't want to drink before, you definitely want to <laughs> yeah. drink once you walk in. It's there. like the shoe store in the mall. What the, I won't say the name of it, you know, for fear of, of retribution, right? But there's a shoe store in the mall where they've got the flashing lights and the loud music and everything. You're just like, ah, I better buy some shoes so I get, get the, the shoes. hell out get of here. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, I just, uh, you know, you kind of touched a little bit on things that you do for the local community and everything as far as... Uh, you know, story days and everything. I just, was there any, was there anything you wanted to expound on or anything, anything that you've done? What I would say about that is, you know, so far the ideas, a lot of them have been our ideas. You know, we put on punk shows because that's what we've done. Our takeaway from punk was... Not just punk shows, but... Or, yeah, rock, you know, rock shows, uh, alternative folk shows and stuff. And we have story hours. And uh, we attempted a tutoring program on, over the summer, which is on hiatus. What I would say is because it is a community space, uh, podcast listeners, bring us your ideas. We would love to have uh, ideas about ways that we can make this relevant to the community. You know, it, The whole idea of a community space is it should, uh, in some sense, be uh, uh, controlled or at least open to suggestions from the community. We know what we would like to see. We know what we would have liked to have when we were young and didn't have a space to go. But okay. uh, what, what, what would people like to see here? We would love to make it happen. Oh, we also have a book club. 
Our trashy novel book club. Ah, the infamous ah, trashy novel book club. All right. yeah. You know how book clubs, they'll, you know, go with an Oprah selection and everyone's like, oh, yes, this is so intelligent. I love the prose and all like that. <laughs> this is the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. They find the worst, trashiest, most salacious, decadent books that they possibly but can. But still good. <laughs> still entertaining. Books, okay. right? yeah. Because it's possible for smart people to say smart things about stupid books. And it's so much more fun than yeah. everyone, you know, competing to... To you know, signal what how how transported they were by the brilliance of the prose <laughs> and all of the and appropriate it's a fun attitudes. group of people too, because they're it's, all really funny, smart people. It is. And uh, let's see, past selections have been "My Sweet Audrina" by V.C. Andrews. Okay. "Candy" by Terry Southern. Ooh, yeah. Um, oh, we're currently reading "Exquisite Corpse" by Poppy Z. Bright. Authentically all right. terrible books, all. But the, they're uh, not. They're not. Don't say that because they're so terrible. <laughs> he's never even read them. But I really have. Uh oh. I you know I attempted something sweet that we do is sometimes we read to each other at the house, and I tried with candy, and I was just I don't abuse books, but I was on the point of blasphemously flinging the book across the room. This it was. So, I mean, it's really so terrible. It's Can really candy <laughs> is is a. Uh, it's like a retelling of Candide. Allegedly, you know, the Voltaire classic about the the. But it is it is just straight up porn. Uh, Right, Candide, of course, it's about the hapless person who goes through uh, through the world and horrible things happen to him. He's abducted by pirates and and uh, and uh, and so forth. And his his uh, love interest is nearly raped to death and so forth. But through it all, he has this guy, Professor Pangloss, that tells him this is the best of all possible worlds. It's philosophical optimism, right? Like Leibniz. And okay. that's that's the joke in Candy. It's a girl in the '60s. And all these, you know, men are um, just terrible to her. But she has this optimistic viewpoint that, oh, they need her. And she's doing this to help them for mm. their sake. But they're mm. really just taking advantage of her. Okay. And um, But she still manages to go through all these traumatic, terrible things kind of unscathed. Because she just doesn't see it for what those terrible, traumatic experiences to anyone else, to her, just little blips, you know. She's like, oh, I just, I helped him, you know, I did a All good right. thing. Okay. But it's, it's a lot of straight up just porny sex it's, scenes, of course. It's, it's vile, it's vile. Terry Southern and his partner, they wrote it chapters and sent them to each other. I mean, they must have just been cracking each other up. It's You're just, just like <laughs> trying to top each other. I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, she has sex with her uncle in a hospital. Well, what about this, you know? And so they just, they wrote it that way, sending it back just, and forth. Just an extended other. dirty joke. And, and Terry Southern is, is uh, the... He's, he's the guy that wrote uh, Dr. Strangelove, yeah. too. So he's capable of, you know, some kind of amazing things. But in my opinion, Candy is not one of them. It wasn't our favorite. <laughs> it wasn't our favorite. But, but it was fun for a raunchy fun. book club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, when does that book club meet? Wednesdays. Wednesdays. T uh, the next meeting will be this Wednesday. And then we meet every two weeks. Okay. What's the book you're talking about this Wednesday? Exquisite Course. Exquisite Course we, by what, what, what we do is we read halfway through the book and then meet the first two weeks to talk about the first half. And then we finish the book and meet two weeks later to talk about the book in its entirety okay because you know most book clubs they meet once a month after everyone's already read the entire thing but um we kind of like our version of it that way 
you know, we get to kind of do it by sections and we don't get to overlook the first part, you know, kind of don't let the first part get overwhelmed by the entirety. And the structure is generally sense. 10 to 20 minutes of conversation tangentially related to the book and then an hour or more of just talking about general you know, nonsense because it, it's really an opportunity to create community, like we said, have people talking to each other's faces, create a safe gathering place that's not your home and not your, and not your work. Uh, the, the book, you know, assuming that you didn't even read the book, you could still come to the book club and have a good time. All right. All right. Well, um, is there anything else you guys would like to promote? Any upcoming events or any anything? Oh, well, we got a show October 13th. It is going to be amazing. Uh, very many of the bright lights of the Tulsa local punk community are playing. Uh, Tom Boyle is playing, which is a, a feminist, confrontational, sort of no-wave punk band. Okay. Uh, John Falls is playing, which is a, a local, inspirational, hardcore band of the type that existed in the early 90s. Uh, Blurt is this beautiful band. It's a fellow and a lady, and they are sweeties. Uh, but the music they play is the most cacophonic, cosmo-demonic, evil-sounding grindcore, and it's just beautiful. They really entertain Yeah, people. they're really good. Plus, the Flems are coming from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, this and song. an extra band from Indiana that the Flems are friends with that Indiana. I cannot recall the name of right now. But they're on tour. They're jumping on the, on the bill at the last minute. So it's minute. international. But if someone wanted to, wanted to uh, familiarize themselves with everything that is good about the kind of idealistic DIY punk scene that we were talking about, the kind that inspired us to open the bookstore, that's your opportunity. Oh, and then we got the Halloween thing coming up on the 26th, which is still coming together, but it's going to be local musicians singing murder ballads, ah. um, local people telling local lore and legends, um, a local Crispy Knight, who's a local circus performer, um, does all the circus sideshow cool stuff that is, you know, disgusting and hard to do. And um, then we've got uh, maybe a surprise. I don't know. We're still working on it. Oh. But um, hopefully, oh, and then the day after that will be our Halloween edition of Drag Queen Story Hour. All right. Which is for kids mostly, but adults are welcome to come. Everyone is welcome at Drag Queen Story. Yeah, That's everybody's welcome at Drag Queen Story. But it is kid friendly. Oh, be, yeah, it's you're saying. the okay. drag queens, they read children's books. All right. And since this will be the Halloween one, we'll read something, you know, not obviously scary because we don't want to scare the children. Or most of us don't want to scare the children. Well, you got to scare them just the right I amount. Like, just I the like right amount. scaring them just a little <laughs> bit. But we're going to keep it, Happy you scary know, medium. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we might, you know, maybe we'll have a, a story event for the older, braver kids. Read some uh, Goosebumps or something. Okay. Some R.L. Stein. But other than that, I think that's that's what we got going on for the next month. I wish. All right, so Punk Show on the 13th. Then uh, Halloween special on, on the 26th. 26th, Eve of the 26th. And then the next, next day, day is Drag Queen Story Hour. All right. And then where are you all located so people uh, can find you? Oh, 11th and Vandalia, which is 11th and Yale, two blocks west of Yale on 11th Street. If you know where Tally's Cafe is, we are two blocks west of Tally's on 11th. All right. And, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put your address and contact information for... Uh, or, you know, suggestions like you were talking about. That'll all be in the notes and stuff so people can find that. But um, other than that, unless you all have anything to add, 
We'd like to thank you very much for making us part of your podcast. Project. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for letting me. <laughs> it was nice talking with you, Chris and David. Nice talking with you. Likewise, Mike. All right. And that does it for our first episode. Follow me on Facebook or Twitter for information on upcoming episodes. And check the show notes for more info about Bound for Glory books and what they've got going on. Thanks, and I'll see y'all around.